Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Now, should we talk about peace? Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Let's go to Galatians 5. Glory. The peace of God. Now, what I hope that we've been gathering out of this series is this. Is that peace is not the absence of trouble. But peace is the presence of God in the middle of that trouble. The Bible calls it a supernatural peace, a peace that passes understanding. Oh, hallelujah. You can define peace as a knowing, all right? In, in the middle of your challenge, you can define peace as knowing I'm going to be okay. It's going to be okay. This is all going to turn around. Amen. But peace in the life and the home of the believer is one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in that life. In Galatians 5.22, notice it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So these are the fruit of the reborn human spirit. Uh, they operate as we will. They operate as we operate them. Amen. I, I can operate in peace at my discretion. Amen. But I've got to choose to do it. I've got to choose to operate it. Now, the fruit begin to grow at salvation, and they were given to us as a part of our redemption. Amen. Glory to God. So peace is not just the absence of trouble. It's a presence. It's a force that calms and overwhelms trouble. It overwhelms it. All right, look at John 16. John chapter 16. Glory to God. John chapter 16 and uh, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you. Now, when, when you see that, you've got you've to take, we're not going to take the time this morning, but you've got to take some time and go back and see what Jesus spoke. Because he's predicating everything else that he says after that on that phrase. I've spoken these things to you for a reason. Well, three of the main things that he spoke to them three different times in, in the book of John here, chapter 16, was anything you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Three times he said that. Right? He told him to be of good comfort. He told him to be strong. Right? Amen. And so he said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me, now we're looking at this now as New Testament believers, where are we at? In Christ. That in me, you might have peace. All right? You might have stability. You might have comfort. You might have victory. All right? And then he said, notice, in the world, now, look, he contrasts the two statements. In me, 
in the world. Right? Now, now think about this for a moment. He said, in me, then he said, in the world. So I'm, my location is where? In Christ. My physical body is where? In the world. Is that right? We're of Christ, but not of the world. The only way something can affect me is that I'm of it. In Christ, realities does not affect you if you're not of God. You got to be born of God to be in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him, God, are you in Christ? Is that right? So he says, in me, you'll have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Now stop right there and do yourself a big favor. Don't try to erase that out of your Bible. He didn't say you might. He said you will. Amen. If, if you haven't had any tribulation or trouble, hang on. Because you will. Let me go over here where they believe me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Any, any, anybody, anybody over here had any trouble? Tribulation. But did he deliver you? In me, you'll have peace. In the world, you'll have trouble. But, oh, aren't you glad he didn't leave you there? But you be of good cheer. Because why? I have overcome the world. Is that what he said? I've overcome the world. Now, this is important. Because, because where does the trouble come from? The trouble comes from being in the world. The trouble comes from the God of this world. The trouble comes from the fallen nature of the world. If there were no God of this world, if there were no fallen world, if there were no curse on the earth, there would be no trouble. Right? But we are the kingdom of God in the earth. We are those redeemed from the curse, redeemed from the God of this world. Is that right? So that's why he says something. Can you throw that verse back up for me in the Amplified Bible, please? Am I helping anybody? Amen. This is so important. I've told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace. Say perfect peace. Perfect. See, perfect peace and confidence in the world you have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. Does that sound right? But be of good cheer. Take courage. Tell your neighbor, say, take courage. Take courage. Be, confident. be confident. Be certain. Be, certain. be, undaunted. be undaunted. Ah, why? Watch. For I have overcome the world. Here you go. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Glory to God. Amen. See, there's, there's no reason to act like you're not going to face challenges. You're going to face challenges. But he said, I have overcome it. I have deprived it of power to harm you and conquered it for you. Oh, hallelujah. That's why whatever you're facing, hear me this morning, it has an expiration date. It can't linger, it can't stay, it can't stay with you because it's been overcome by Jesus and deprived of power to hurt you. 
It's been conquered. It might be real. It might be raw. It might be evident. You might be going through a, a health issue. You might be going through a financial issue. You might be under pressure from the enemy. But I'm telling you that it has been deprived of power to hurt you. It's conquered it. It's been conquered for you. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? So in the world, there'll, there'll be pressure and frustration, but both of which come after our peace. Peace is so powerful, the enemy's got to make that his, one of his number one targets. Because if he can get your peace, he gets everything else. Because peace is what keeps you anchored. I say peace is what keeps you anchored. If you're anchored in peace, the doctor can say whatever he wants. I know I'm anchored in peace. Are, are you with me? See, that's why we ask over the years, we've asked, do you have peace about it? If you got peace about it, there's an anchor. If you don't, there's no anchor. That's why the guide is what? Peace. Not your feelings, not what it looks like. Peace. People ask me, you think I should have surgery. What do you have peace about? Well, I don't have peace about doing it. Then don't do it. Don't do it till you get peace. This is important. You following me? Because if I got peace, I'm anchored. Peace is a force. It overwhelms. Peace evicts the issue. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. See, the Bible says twice in Isaiah, Isaiah 48, 16, Isaiah 57, 21, it says, there is no peace, saith God, to the wicked. None. There is no peace to the wicked. The wicked have no peace. Well, that's a challenging situation to be in. No peace. In the world we live in today, and the wicked have no peace. Hallelujah. See, you made, the, you made the choice to come serve God today. Amen. I was watching families this morning, and, 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 and you know, it's, it's uh, baseball season. And I watched all these baseball teams and dads taking their kids to play baseball. And the Lord said to me what he said to me numerous times. He said, Philip, multiplied hundreds of thousands of people got up today and didn't give any thought to what I want for their life. No thought. And you got dad there teaching his boys and his family that it's more important to go to a ball game on Sunday than it is to go to church. What's that child going to do when they face trouble? What are they going to do when they face a trial? What's that family going to do when they get a diagnosis? Right? That may not be what you face, but you're going to face challenges. You got to have that force of peace that instantly comes in and overwhelms that. Amen. Amen. There's something between me and that that just won't let me fall apart. Amen. Oh, glory. Yes. glory. Glory. Job tapped into this. I, I know we don't necessarily like to use Job as a story of faith, but he is a story of faith. 
Amen. The devil approached God, and, and God asked him, Why are you beholding my servant? Why are you looking at him? He's perfect, and he's upright. A man that fears God and eschews evil. And Job said, Listen, listen. you let me touch his family. You let, me, you let the wall down, and I'm telling you, he'll curse you to your face. Well, God didn't have to let the, the hedge down. Job had already let the hedge down. Amen. That doesn't mean that if you're facing challenges that you did something that caused that. There's a devil loose. Amen. But here's what, I want, here's what I want you to understand. And you know what happened. Amen. The devil reached out and touched Job's family. Then the devil reached out and touched Job's body. Smote him with boils from head, the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. And Job is sitting on the ash heap of his life, on the ash heap of his home, scraping his body with a piece of pottery. There are no children. They're all gone. There are no friends. He's got none. There is no money in the bank. He's lost everything. And his wife came and said, why don't you just get it over with and curse God and die? And Job said, you speak like one of the foolish women. Now, he didn't understand. But he said, are we going to receive good at God's hand? And then when things go wrong, turn on him? He didn't even know what was working in him. But he said this, I know what I see in my body right now. I know what I see in my life. But I know this. I know that my Redeemer lives. And I know that in that day, I will stand and I'll see Him face to face. Hallelujah. You might have to stand in the middle of your circumstance, that trial or that test, and let the peace of God come up in you. And you might have to say, I don't understand it. I don't know why the circumstance is what it is. But I know this. I know God is a good God. And I know the end result of this will be my victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That deprives the world of any power over you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? In Christ we have peace. Absence of all confusion. Disorder and conflict. Why? He's overcome the world. He's deprived it of power to harm us. He's conquered it. Now this word overcome here is in the perfect tense in the Greek. And it means this. He's gained the victory over the world and he still possesses the triumph. Now, what does that mean? He took the keys and still has the keys. He triumphed and he still possesses that triumph. And where are we? In him. Where are we seated? With him. Where? In the heavenly places. Where? Far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion. Every name that's named. Where? Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Now, what does that mean? You're going to be exercising your authority while you're here on this earth and while you're in heaven. You're going to be in that position of authority. Here's the point. He possesses that. He, he took that authority. He took that victory, and he still has it. So when, I, when, I, when I'm born again, I enter into his victory. When he gave us his peace, he gave us his victory. Amen. Say it out loud. When he gave me his peace, he gave me his victory. Tell your neighbor, when he gave me his peace, he gave me his victory. Ah, tell me like you mean it. Say, neighbor, I mean it. 
When he gave me his peace, he gave me his victory. Woo, glory. Amen. Glory. His triumph over the world, hear me, is our triumph over the world. Now think about that. Let, let me say this. I don't have to get the victory. I walk in the victory. I have to enforce it, but it's mine. I hear people preach sometimes and they'll say, God will give you the victory. God's already given you the victory. It's a, it's a point of operating it. Amen. Everyone in here today, you have victory. Now listen to me. That's your position. Your feelings might be different. But your position is victory. My position is victory. My circumstance might not be victory. But my position is victory. So you are determined by what? Your, your, your position and not your circumstance. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? It produces peace. We walk in this triumph by walking in peace. I got to choose to walk in peace. Now, think about this. You're walking in peace when you choose it, whether you feel it or not. Because I choose it. Because remember, I've taught in this series, peace is not the absence of trouble. Don't you wish it was? I do. But it's not. It's not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of God in the trouble. Amen. So I'm, I'm walking in peace when I chose it. But it doesn't feel that way. That's, you're consulting the wrong thing. And that's Bible. That's not just charismatic theology. That's Bible. I choose that. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had to pray three times to what? Get peace. Had to get peace. I've taught it and others taught it and it's right. You know, he had to pull the flesh under the control of the spirit. Well, when he pulled the flesh under the control of the spirit, what happened to the flesh? Flesh calmed down. You can't read those verses and tell me Jesus was at peace. How do I know? Because he himself said, I'm exceedingly troubled. My soul is exceedingly troubled unto death. Think about that. He's facing the prospect not only of physical death, but of carrying the sin of the entire world, the sickness of the entire world that was present and that would always be present. He's carrying the, uh, the, 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 the specter of when he dies, he's going to have to go to hell and defeat hell and defeat the grave and pay the price of je All of that is resting on him. And he had to pray to get over into peace. Hallelujah. But he chose to do it. And he got over into peace and walked it out. Whatever you're dealing with, you can deal with it if you stay in peace. 
You can deal with it if you stay in peace. Why? Peace anchors us to his triumph. Peace anchors us to his triumph. What, what did Jesus defeat according to the scripture? What did he defeat? The Bible says he defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated hell. And he defeated the grave. Isn't that right? Why, why did he defeat those? Because sin leads to death. Death leads to hell and the grave. And he defeated all of those. Why? So that that's not in our future. That's not in our future. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, grave, where's your victory? Grave, where's your victory? Say that out loud. Say, grave, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Now answer it. It's been taken away by Jesus. Amen. Grave, you got no victory. Why? You've been defeated by Jesus. And I'm going to stay in peace about this. Oh, hallelujah. Every aspect of Christ's victory produces peace in our lives. Look at Isaiah 32. Am I helping you this morning? Oh, hallelujah. Woo. The Lord's good. Isaiah 32 and verse 17. Notice, it says, The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. The effect of righteousness is peace. The Amplified Bible says internal and external. Internal peace and external peace. And then it tells us the, the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance, the effects of peace. So the effect of righteousness, notice, is shalom, and the effect of righteousness is quietness and confident trust. Peace is connected to righteousness. Peace is connected to righteousness. Look, no, notice that effect. The effect of righteousness is peace. The effect of righteousness is peace. Look at Romans 3. So, for instance, when you say and you make the statement that you're righteous in the sight of God, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ, that produces peace or should because the effect of righteousness is peace. The effect of right standing, the effect of being right with God. See, here's, here's the bottom line. Before you were born again, you had no peace. Why? You were the wicked. Well, I wasn't wicked. Yes, you were. The Bible says you were. All right? I, I was without Christ. I had no peace. That's what the Bible says. No peace, no hope, no covenant, no peace. When I got born again and I became right with God, I received peace. I received the fruit of peace to grow in my life. Amen. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. As it is written, now notice, there's none righteous, no, not one. Now, Paul is writing here, Romans chapter 3, Romans, the book of Romans, is Paul's legal dissertation, all right? It, it's still used in legal schools, in law schools, to teach how you should make a case, an answer, an objection. 
And Paul's writing two groups of people here. He's writing to the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers in the church in Rome. And you got one group, one faction that's saying, well, we're right because we're the Jewish believers and we believe in the sign of circumcision and we believe in keeping all the feast days and we don't eat certain meats, so we're righteous. And then you got the other side saying, no, we're the Gentile believers and we don't believe in all that. It's by grace through faith alone. So we're the ones that are righteous. And notice what Paul says. There's none righteous. No, not one. Meaning, your, your, your keeping of the festivals and the feast and the law, that doesn't make you righteous. And just saying it's by grace through faith alone doesn't make you righteous. There's something you got to believe. You got to believe on Christ. Is that right? So he says, he's not saying that like religion does. There's none righteous. It's not what he's saying. He's saying trying to make your own righteousness, there's, nobody can do it. It's a gift. And notice what the result is. Verse 17. The way of peace they have not known. The way of, why? Because they've not become righteous. Amen. Before salvation, no one had peace. Righteousness is the way of peace. Salvation is the way of peace. Contained in that word salvation is the underlying understanding of peace. The word salvation in the Greek language is soteria or sozo. And the foundation of it, the core of it is, is peace. The main thing you received when you were born again was peace. It's the main thing you received. Oh, glory. Isn't it interesting that when you got born again, all, your problems didn't matter anymore. You were saved. Nothing else mattered. I don't know if anybody else had problems in here when you got born again. But when you got born again, it was like, hey, I got this taken care of. I got peace with God. Is that right? Oh, glory. Now, you're right there in chapter 3. Look at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe, for there is no difference. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God set forth to be a witness, a propitiation, an atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, thank you, Lord, through the forbearance of God, and to declare at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Glory. So when we made Jesus our Lord, we were made the righteousness of God. Now, very often we say we were made righteous. We were, but it's a righteousness that's of God. In other words, God was the giver. God was the originator. God was the one that instituted that idea of being right with him. God, amen. It sounds elementary. God didn't need to be made right with us. We needed to be made right with God. God did not need to be reconciled to us. We needed to be reconciled to him. The problem was the reason people had no peace was there was a war going on between them and God, not between God and them. They were fighting against the things of God. The moment you bowed your knee to Jesus and made him your Lord and confessed him as your Savior, the first thing that came was peace. 
The first thing that showed up was peace. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a righteousness of God. And notice how you're justified in verse 24. Freely. Oh, freely. Isn't that wonderful? You're justified freely. Here's what the word means. Without any cost. Now, why is that important? That's how you got your peace. It costs you nothing. It costs him everything. Hallelujah. So what is God, everything that he tries to bring into your life, everything that he wants to bring into your life, what does he want the effect to be? Peace. You know why people argue in their marriage they don't believe they're righteous? And they're fighting for their rights? You get two people that really believe they're righteous, you won't see that. This is important. I'm right with God. I can ask you to forgive me in a moment because I'm right with God. I've I've got nothing to defend. When you argue with your spouse, you're trying to make your point. In other words, you're trying to prove you're right. But if you're already right, why do you have to prove it? I know people that would rather win a fight than keep a friend. Every time you fight, you damage the relationship. Oh, I better move on. But when you know you're right with God, I'm right with God. That person that I'm dealing with is right with God. Does that make sense? So what is there between us? Peace. Now, you got to watch how you deal with things. People deal with things different. You know, I talked in the beginning about, you know, the, the, the issue that we as a family are dealing with, with, with the home going of Brother Tony and these different things. And, you know, you let people deal with things the way they deal with it. Don't try to superimpose your opinion on how they ought to deal with things. Amen. If, if, you, if you got, Amen. If, 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 you, if you've got family members that deal with things differently, hold your peace and let them deal with it. And you deal with it your way, let them deal with it their way. I'm helping you. I say, I'm helping you. And you might have people in your family. They want to talk about things privately without you. Put on your big boy pants or your big girl pants and let them do it. Don't sit over there in the corner and cry like they're leaving you out of something. Dear Lord, need to get 12 good men, take you 12 miles out in the country and talk to you for 12 good hours. <laughs> Grow up and understand the world does not revolve around you that other people deal with things differently. Oh, See, I lost my crowd there for a moment. You still here? This, this is important because you've you got to help people walk through things. 
And, and to do that, you got to lose this whole idea of it's about me. When it's about you, you don't have any peace. It's not about me. It's about the person I'm dealing with. Amen. If, if, if you, if you uh, uh, it won't be next week because we have faith explosion. If you, if you listen to Wednesday after next, if you listen to that message, we'll be, we'll be talking about gentleness. We talk, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we just dealt with long-suffering, right? And then it's gentleness, and part of the meaning of gentleness is adaptation. And when you're walking in peace and gentleness is operating, you find a way to adapt to the person you're dealing with to help them. See, it's important. How, how can I help them? I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking around, around this room. And, and, and I see different things. Pastor Marie. Pastor Marie, I've known Pastor Marie for 25 years, 26 years. Pastor Marie's a very strong woman. Always been a, been a very strong woman. All right? You, you can't deal, for instance, with a strong personality like Pastor Marie the same way you deal with somebody that is less strong. You got to adapt. Amen. You got to adapt. That's being gentle. What does that produce? Peace. But when you're always demanding that people come to you your way, well, you're, you're causing no peace. Because remember, they have their way, and I have my way. What's the, what's the answer? Let's, let's meet here, and let's adapt. Mm. Hallelujah. I called Pastor Michelle the other day, yesterday. She kept me on the phone for 41 minutes. <laughs> I didn't mind, but here's the thing. I used to mind. I didn't mind. But here, here, here listen what she said. I said, well, she said uh, uh, she said she was, actually, she said she'd been talking to Yolanda. And uh, I was like, oh, this is no big deal. Then we'll just keep talking. But <laughs> not really. But in any event, in any event, I said, oh, well, I'll let you go to get back to her. And she goes, no, no, I got you. I'm going to keep you. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I've told you this over the years. Talking on the phone is not my thing. It's, it's not with anybody. Not with, you know, people that I know, preacher friends of mine. I, talking on the phone is my idea of nothing better to do. I mean, it just is. I mean, really, except when my wife calls. Or when, right, when somebody needs me as their pastor. Here's my point. I've had to adapt. What'd that produce? Peace. Why? Because one needs to talk, but one doesn't like to talk. Well, what does the one that doesn't like to talk have to do? Adapt. What does the one that likes to talk do? Adapt. And what do you do? You meet in the middle. And what happens? Everybody gets what they need. So don't just look at somebody and go, well, I don't like to talk. That's irrelevant. You're married to them. Now, but she likes to talk too much. That's irrelevant. You're married to them. You say, where'd that come from? I don't know, but it's, it's somewhere in these notes. I know. 
But what's the, what's the result of that? Peace. So do, do you see what I'm saying? So we were made the righteousness of God. And notice this righteousness is by faith. It's not feeling, and we know these things, but everything that's ours by way of salvation is walked in, accessed by faith, not by feeling. I'm righteous by faith. I'm right with God by faith. And what here, what's the effect of righteousness? Peace. So when I walk righteous by faith, what do I get as a result? Peace. So what do you need to remind yourself of a lot? I am righteous. I'm in right standing with God. What does that produce? Peace. Because what will the devil try to bring? All your failures, all your mistakes, everywhere you've ever missed it. For what reason? To con- people will say to condemn you, yes. And what does condemnation do? Robs your peace. But what happens when you go, no, 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 no. Look, I'm the righteousness of God In Christ Jesus, I've been made righteous by faith. And and you need to quote the word at him. Not by works that I have done, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, I've been made righteous. I'm in right standing with God. There's nothing between me and God. Amen. Yeah, but you did. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, I knew a man in, I knew a man that did that. I knew a guy that did that. His name was Philip too. But he's not here anymore. The new has come. I'm right with God. Oh, hallelujah. What's the effect of that? Peace. Think about that. Think, think, think about this. If Jamie had done something to, to hurt me, and he never has, but if he has done something to hurt me, and I just came up to him, and I said, Jamie, I find no fault in you. There's nothing between me and you. Don't worry about it. What just, what just happened to him? Peace. If he believes that, peace. Hallelujah. Peace. 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 What did God say when you got born again? He said, look, I find no fault in you. Whatever there was is gone. There's nothing between us anymore. Hey, glory to God. And what's the effect of that? Peace. Isn't that wonderful? Look at Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. With God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by faith. Now listen, justification, righteousness, it can be used interchangeably. It means the same thing. It means to be right. As a matter of fact, when you're, when you're teaching this in Spanish, the, the, the word in Spanish for righteousness is, is justification. Being made just. It's, it's the same meaning. Therefore, being justified. Now wait, being when are you justified? When? Yeah. You, listen, you can't be being something a while ago. If you're being it, you are it right now. I am justified. I am righteous. How? Help me. By faith. Now, what would by be? The preposition by. What does that denote? That justification is by this channel. It's through this channel. What? Faith. What is faith? It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is the conviction that something is true. It's being convinced. Are you convinced you're righteous? I say, oh, that was weak. Are you convinced you're righteous? Are you convinced you're right with God? Then what do you have? 
have peace. Do you understand that? Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews 2.14, for example, it says, it says that uh, 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 because the, the children were flesh and blood, that Jesus Christ, he himself, took part of the same. That through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Now, here, why is this important? If you're free from the fear of death, you're free from every fear. Because the fear of death is the daddy of all fear. How can you make somebody afraid that has no fear of where they're going? Am I right? It's important. He made us righteous by faith. Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The fear of being not right with God is taken away. And what replaced it? Peace. And you got to use that in every situation. Lack of peace tries to come up. No, 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 no. I'm right with God. I'm right with God. I have peace. I'm right with God. I have peace. Yeah, but what came up has nothing to do with me being right with God. But it has everything to do with you keeping your peace. I'm right with God, so I'm going to keep my peace. I don't care what's coming. I don't care what has shown up. I'm right with God. Nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. What shall we say to all these things? What things? What did he talk about? What did he talk about? He talked about persecution, pressure, trial, trouble. All these things. He said, what do we say to all these things? If God is for me, who can be against me? Is that right? And what do I have? Peace. Is that right? The verb here of have is in the present tense. In other words, it doesn't mean let us get or obtain peace. It means let us keep on having let us keep on enjoying peace. Not get it. I'm not going to get peace. I've got it. I have it. So what does that mean? You go into every circumstance with peace. And circumstances might overtake you, but you've already got peace. So I don't have to go look for it. I just got to walk in it. Is that right? Amen. As believers... We constantly enjoy the peace God's given us. How? Through our being made righteous. Through our being made righteous. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm righteous. So I'm at peace. Tell them one more time. Say, I'm righteous. So I'm at peace. Oh, try it to the, on the person on the other side of you. Say, I'm righteous. So I'm at peace. Oh, glory. See, you got to train yourself. When you look at another believer, you see them as righteous. You see them as righteous. Because what happens very often is people see the failure. People see the struggle. People see what the person is dealing with or going through. You know, whatever you're going through, you're going through it. You're not going to stay there. 
yeah, but you know, pastor, I failed the other day, and, and, and I missed it, and I got in the flesh, or I did this, or I did that. Yeah, well, well, okay, you missed it, and you got in the flesh. Did you repent? Well, yeah, well, come on. Oh, pastor, don't make light of sin. I'm not making light of sin. I'm making much of your righteousness. Sin will kill you. Sin brings death. We don't make light of that. But I will always make more of your righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, I've dealt with people that blew it. I don't mean they missed it. I don't mean they got mad in traffic. They got a little angry about something. I mean blew it. I mean put their family at risk. Put their reputation at risk. And people say, what did you do? I said, did you repent? Then get up. Now, we got things we got to deal with, but we're going to deal with it from the standpoint of righteousness in God. Not towards, from the point of the failure that you were. Amen. Are you with me? Look at Ephesians 2. I'm almost done. I know that that's not what you wanted to hear, but I mean the almost done part. <laughs> Ephesians 2, verse 13. But now in Christ, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For, notice, for, this is why we've been made nigh. For, he is our peace. Now, now notice, everything comes back to what Christ did. I am made nigh. Made nigh to who? Made nigh to God. Made nigh to the Father. Made nigh to the throne room. Why? Because my peace is there. What's it say? He is our peace. Right? See, it, that's why it's so important I know I'm in Him. And I realize I'm seated with Him, in Him, in heavenly places. Because He's my peace. And, and because He's my peace, I've been made close to God. Oh, glory to God. And notice, it says he's broken down the middle wall of partition, abolished in his flesh the enemy, the law of commandments in ordinances to making himself of, of twain, one new man. So making, notice what he made, peace. Made peace. And he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace. To you that were far off and to them that were nigh. Notice what he came and preached. Peace. Peace with what? Peace with God. Believe on me, peace with God. When the angels appeared in the field over the shepherds, the first thing they said was peace on earth. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Why? Because the heavens are open. The Messiah is born. The way to God has been made plain and clear. There's peace on earth, goodwill toward men. What, listen, that didn't start that night. It had always been. God always had goodwill towards man. He had worked for 4,000 years of human history to try to get Jesus into the earth. He was working to get the Messiah in the earth. He prophesied it the day that Adam and Eve fell. He said, there's coming one that's going to crush your head and you're going to bruise his heel. I'm going to get the Messiah in the earth because I don't want there to be anything between me and my people. He came and proclaimed peace. Glory. Notice, he is our peace. He made peace. He preached peace. 
if you don't have a righteousness mindset, you'll have trouble walking in peace. Listen how a righteousness mindset displays itself. Not only in, boy, I missed it, but what did I do wrong? Where did I fail? You understand? I'll talk to people. I was dealing with one person not too long ago, and every time I talk to them, it always comes back to all their failures, all their mistakes, and I love them, and I'll deal with them till Jesus comes if I need to, but here's the point that I'm making. I'm constantly having to bring, that, bring this up. That's forgotten. That's not who you are. That's over with. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but I blew it over here, but you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You got to make much of your righteousness. You got to make much of your righteousness. Why? Because you'll have trouble walking in peace if you don't. Mm. Well, I just wish I knew more. Well, open the book and get your nose in it. No more. Learn more. Do more. Learn it. But you're righteous. If you don't know anything else but that, boy, I say that all the time. I'm righteous. I'm right in God's sight. I'm right with God. God's my father. Jesus is my elder brother. I'm right with God. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. God doesn't put any old unrighteous old creature at the throne next to him. He does not do that. That's reserved for new creatures in Christ and those that are righteous in the sight of God. I am at the right hand of all the authority and power of the entire universe and the known world. I'm right with God. I'm right with God. And what's it produce? Peace. Look at Isaiah 53. It's my last verse, but I want you, <laughs> you're learning. <laughs> make me feel good, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isaiah 53. You know, everything that God has done for you is supernatural. It's, it's not operated supernaturally but it's supernaturally everything supernatural has a button in the natural moving a mountain whatever it may be is supernatural but it starts with you naturally saying something righteousness is supernatural and it requires my natural agreement to see the effect of it in my life I am the righteousness of God. Amen. Listen, I've known, this for, I've known this for near about over 30 years, and I still tell myself all the time, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, it just blesses me to think I'm right with God. I am right with God. Oh, glory. Amen. It's kind of like it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I'm right with God. Remember the goose story? Y'all remember the goose story? You don't remember the goose story. Tanya, you don't remember the goose story. You do? Okay. He's like, yeah, tell it. <laughs> Man, one day we, we lived over here off 88th Terrace, and it was one of those days. It was, it was, it was a November day, and, and I had went home from work early because if I remember right, it was the day before Thanksgiving, and I went home early, and we had two little dogs, had a little black poodle and a little white uh, Maltese, and they were out in the backyard. I'd let them out in the backyard, and it was one of them cold, crisp days. You know how it is. 
in, here in Kansas, and, and, and the sky was just as blue as it could be, not a cloud in the sky, sun shining. Man, I'm just grateful. I'm just out there walking with the dogs, just grateful. And, and I heard honk, honk, honk. And, and so, you know, you look up, and, and there's the majestic geese, and they're flying in that V formation, and they got right over the backyard, <laughs> and a goose messed on my head. It hit me right between the eyes. Wow! I know of what I speak. And you know what came out of my mouth? Well, Lord, at least I'm not going to hell. And I got a revelation out of that. The goose may mess on your head, but at least you're not going to hell. Isn't that right? And, and, and now that's a revelation at my expense. But, and I didn't have to share that with you because nobody knew but me. But here's the thing. Well, Jamie knew because I've told it before. But here, here's the point. Think about that. So whatever, here it is, whatever mess you may see, you're right with God. Here, watch me. Wipe it off. Clean it up and stay in your place. That's right. And tell your neighbor, say, wipe it off, clean it up, and stay in your place. Mm. So if you ever see me duck and cover when there's geese flying, you'll understand. <laughs> duck and cover. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? At? Hallelujah. He's right with God. It's okay. <laughs> Isaiah 53. See, I told you that. You don't have to have a geese do that to you. You, you, you can just know you're righteous without it. Isaiah 53 and verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, why is this so important? Because understand something. you got to make much of your righteousness because of the severity of the price that was paid for it. Everything that you enjoy in redemption, there was a specific price for it. And you can dissect that when you look at Jesus' suffering. To obtain righteousness, he had to be punished. Notice, the Amplified Bible says, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. So there was a punishment that had to be received so you could be righteous. One translation says, he endured the breaking that made us whole. So he was broken so I could be made whole. Another translation says, he was beaten so we could be whole. Hallelujah. Another says, punishment for our peace was upon him. Punishment for our peace was on him. Now here's, here's something that you've got to make much of. So when I fail to access peace, 
I'm saying that wasn't much. That make sense? If I realize the immensity of the price, it makes the desire to walk in the peace greater. Right? Have you ever bought somebody something and they won't use it? And it can be nice. I've bought people nice things before. And they want to keep them put up. Well, I don't want to use it. Well, that's why I bought it. Man, you buy me something nice and I'm going to use it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't care what it is. You buy me a pair of shoes, I'm wearing them tonight. Yeah. Glory to God. But anyway, here, here's my point. So that righteousness was bought and paid for. Walk in it. The price was paid. Do you see this? All throughout Scripture, peace is tied to our redemption. Make much of your redemption. Make much of your redemption. Make much of the fact that you're the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. That takes all that away. Amen. Not, I, and I, I'm not just talking about a bad self-image. That takes all that away. Am I doing something wrong? Did I miss it? I want to make sure. If you, if you see yourself as righteous, that doesn't come up. I, I will do my very best to, to do everything I can do for you as best as I can. But here's what I want you to say. It never enters my mind that somehow I failed you or that somehow because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. If I fail you, I repent and I move on. I don't dwell on it for three days. Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been made right with God. Amen. But other people remember, well, that's their problem. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, I make much of my right standing with God. Say it one more time. I make much of my right standing with God. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Could you just lift your hands for a moment and just thank him for his goodness? Just thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his peace. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.